Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we are in part three in our conversation on disappointment. We hope you enjoy. Um, I want to get a little conceptual for a minute, and then we'll get more practical, but I really appreciate um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, and for anyone listening, if you're not familiar with Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he was he was a pastor in Germany. Um, he studied here in America for a while, but he was a pastor during, um, I forget, is it the second or the first world war? I yeah. Think during the second world war. Yep. Yeah. And he was ultimately murdered. Um, but you know, he talked a lot about, um, life with God and, and following God. And he found himself in a, in a very difficult circumstance, obviously being in Germany, um, during the second world war. Um, was ultimately was he murdered in a concentration camp? I read his biography. I should know this, but um, uh, I think I think he. I know he was executed. Um, I know he's in prison. For, yeah, I'm fairly certain he was executed. He wasn't even very that old. He wasn't even that old. I think he was in his maybe his early forties when he died. Yeah, I know. So. He was old, but 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 just a good example of just such a faithful. I mean, I'm sure he had his own doubts and struggles, but such a faithful um, guy in a hard circumstance, probably not what he would have like imagined his best life now being like in, you know, ending life that early and so on and so forth. But yeah, Onhofer talked about, he called it a wish dream Mm. and it was kind of this idea of how we, we come up with these fantasies of what our life's going to be like. Or in his case, what community is going to be like. And we have this picture of it and how often reality doesn't measure up to that wish dream. And how if we can't kill that wish dream and and accept reality, we are actually the problem. And I'm just going to, I want to read a quick quote from him. He says, those who love their dream of a Christian community more than they love the Christian community itself become destroyers of that community, even though their personal intentions may be ever so honest, earnest, and sacrificial. God hates this wishful dreaming because it makes the dreamer proud and pretentious. Those who dream of this idolized community demand that it be fulfilled by God, by others, and by themselves. They enter the community of Christians with their demands set up by their own law and judge one another in God accordingly. It is not we who build, Christ builds the church. Whoever is mindful to build the church is surely well on the way to destroying it, for he will build a temple to idols without wishing or knowing it. We must confess he builds. We must proclaim he builds. We must pray to him and he will build. We do not know his plan. We cannot see whether he is building or pulling down. It may be that the times which by human standards are the times of collapse are for him the great times of construction. It may be that the times which from a human point are great times for the church are times when it's pulled down. It's a great comfort, which Jesus gives to his church. You confess, preach, bear witness to me, and I alone will build where it pleases me. Do not meddle in what is not your providence. Do what is given to you and do it well. (laughs) 
Man. I've always been so overwhelmed by that, by that quote, um, because I think there's such a richness to it. Um, I don't know. So what, what, yeah, I read that. What, what comes to mind for you when you hear that again? That the best thing that Jesus, uh, like Jesus's greatest creation for us to be a part of Christian community for us to be a part of it and for us to grow, we have to get into it. And in order for us to be in it and be present, we're going to be, we are going to experience disappointment and we're going to disappoint others. And the point isn't to create perfection, but it's to work with what we've been dealt, dealt with. Yeah. Not like in a, uh, I guess I just might as well just, you know, uh, white knuckle it and bear through it. But constantly strive for it to improve because that's that's what we want we want to get healthier and closer to christ and bring others closer to each other in christ as well but if we i guess deny people entry into this community unless they unless they are you know better than us we're gonna be pretty lonely yeah we're gonna be pretty lonely we're gonna be pretty intolerable to be around we're gonna be probably pretty intolerable to ourselves yeah. I want to reread the end of that again. And, and I, and I didn't even finish the quote. And as I'm sitting here reading it, I think, cause I was so fired up, but as I'm looking at it now, I'm just, man, it's so humbling and it, it makes me emotional, but he says, do what is given to you and do it well, or do not meddle in what is not your providence. Do what is given to you and do it well. And you will have done enough live together in the forgiveness of your sins. I love that sentence. And then he ends. Wow. Forgive each other every day from the bottom of your hearts. End quote. I'm just like, man, what a beautiful vision of someone who's not, who's, who doesn't have a fanciful um, vision, like a, a, an easy vision of life, but mm. probably a pretty realistic vision of ministry and life. Yeah. And it means, like, if we think about like when he was writing that, it was a time when the Christian church in Germany was like turning in on it, turning against itself in many ways, either trying to protect Jews and fight against uh, the not like fight against Hitler and Nazis or uh, trying to like hold on to their power and sell their friends out and their friends are being killed. And he's talking about if you're a fellow believer, it's like forgive each other of these things. Yeah. Like it's, it, we're not talking about forgive, you know, forgive someone who, you know, said something trite to us. Like we're talking, like he is talking about intense life and death things. And that's the Christian community. If we're able to do that and create a space where there is true forgiveness and like, but he also said that like, we have to talk to each other and like hold each other accountable within that. So it, it's a man. Live together. That's a lot. In the forgiveness of your sins. What a powerful call to to really humble yourself, right? Mm. Um, but it's such a beautiful vision because when we're constantly looking for what's wrong in others, mm. and when we're constantly looking for what's missing in ourselves, um, it, it's not a very joyful existence, this life. Yeah. But if we're more realistic and we can say, hey, you know what? I'm going to do the best I can. That, that's going to be my measure of success. I'm going to do the best I can. 
I'm yeah. going to call others to do the best they can. I'm going to recognize that I'm going to fall short sometimes. I'm going to recognize others are going to fall short sometimes. And you know what? I'm going to choose to sacrifice. And my sacrifice is going to look like this. I'm going to, I'm going to forgive myself and I'm going to forgive others. And I'm going, yep. to, I'm going to get up again and I'm going to keep doing the best I can. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be back with part four in our conversation tomorrow. We'll see you then.